monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G. Joining me, as always, is the smartest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. I apologize in the past. I've referred to you as the cutest podcaster in town, reducing you to a, a mere uh, comment about your looks. I can be cute, too. But you're also cute, but you're also smart first. Thank you. You're pretty cute, though. Thank you. And that's why no one takes you seriously. So, moving on. Uh, this week was one of our special v v v v v versus episodes. Oh, Ben, that's loud. I got to choose, and I chose The Ring and Ringu. Ringu and The Ring. And Please say them in the correct order. More research done by Professor Joey Pants. Oh, man, the whole Ring franchise, it is a tangled web. So there's actually two other movies... There's way more than that. So that you, there's, you okay. said there, you, when you told me last night there was four movies, a TV show, a book. You want me to just explain it? I was just trying to remember. Sure. And that's great. But I was going to explain it. Do you want me to do that? Yeah. Please Okay. Do. So basically, uh, there's a bunch of novels uh, written by Koji Suzuki. The first one is called Ring or Ringu. And the following one is called uh, Razen, which means spiral. And then there's one called Loop and so on. Anyway. When these films were made, this is very bizarre to me, uh, the novel came out, the first thing was a, a made-for-TV adaptation in Japan that came out in 1995. That was the first thing after the book? Yes. We have not seen this. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was the first thing after the book. I'm, it, there's like six different Wikipedia articles that I'm trying to like collate to do this. But I mean, it would be cool to see, but we couldn't have done it for the podcast because this is a movies podcast. Not a TV adaptation of books. Well, it's a TV movie, though. It's not a TV. It was a, it was a movie, but it was made for TV. So we could have. You said the TV show was the first after the book. No, I didn't say that. I said there was a made-for-TV movie. There's also a TV series. There's two different things. There's a movie oh, that sorry, was made for... Oh, sorry, confused. Yes, you did. So, okay. There was a 1995 television series, or television film, that was called Ring Kanzenban. Okay. Then there was also a television series called Ring the Final Chapter. Are you seriously feeding the dog right now? You can't wait till we're done? You have to do this right now? I do because it's almost nine and I forgot. Poor puppy. Okay, well anyway, and actually the TV series came out after the movie. But that's beside the point. So we had the TV movie, uh, which is called Ring Kanzenban. Uh, and it is apparently one of the closer and, and is the most accurate in relation to the original novel. Because the film we watched is very different from the novel. Yeah, that's what you said. The novel night. is not a ghost movie at all. There's nothing to do with ghosts in it. Well, kind of, but not really. It's more to do with like a virus and like psychic powers from a girl, but it's actually more a virus that's killing people that gets transmitted from the image on the screen and not a ghost. But it does have a girl with psychic powers. Who, yes. And there is a tape and blah, blah, blah. But so it's they kind of pulled more that strand. They just turned it into a ghost movie. They yeah. kind of combined it with uh, traditional Japanese ghost folklore and made it blah, blah, blah. So after that, there was the film we watched, the first one, which is called Ringu, came out in 1998, directed by Hideo Nakata, who's a fairly well-regarded Japanese horror filmmaker. Uh, really? Was one of the ones, yes. One of the ones that we watched. Now, interestingly enough, when they did this, they produced the movie The Ring and its sequel, Razin, at the exact same time, 
but they had different teams working on each, so they came out at the same time. Was it the same, like, studios and stuff? Same studio, but it was a different writer and director, and they said, like, cast crossover. But it really? was two separate movies, and they came out at the exact same time. The Ring went on to become one of the highest grossing films in the history of Japan. Rosin, the sequel, which came out at the same time, uh, nobody watched, nobody cared, and it went away very quickly, and it just became like a piece of shit that no one cared about. Why? I, I don't know. I wasn't in Japan. All I know <laughs> is that it wasn't popular. Uh, so, and then to make things even more confusing, two sequels were made to The Ring, called The Ring 2 and The Ring uh, Zero. It's like a prequel. Okay. So, there's like two timelines kind of. As it, it gets kind of messy as it starts to branch here and there. But, um,. It's like a whole family so have, tree. So you have like the also there was also a film made in South Korea called The Ring Virus in 1999. So there was also another remake of The Ring in South Korea. Okay. Uh, a year after Ring came out. So it's it's so strange. So you have this it's, this is a weird web you have to follow on here. So you have Ringu and Rosin, which nobody likes. So then you have things. two remakes of Ringu. You have The Ring in 2002 that we watched that Gore Verbinski of the Pirates of the Caribbean fame directed. Oh. And you have The Ring Virus, which is uh, from South Korea. Uh, somebody Kim. I don't actually know the guy's name. I don't have it right in front of me. And then you have Rosin, which nobody cares about. Then we have the sequel, Ring 2, which was also directed by Hideo Nakata. And a third film called Ring Zero, which was directed by somebody else. There's also a short film called Rings... Which is like a prequel that takes place between The Ring and The Ring 2 in America. The oh Ring 2 is not a remake of Ring 2 from Japan. It is the sequel to The American Ring and has nothing to do with Ring 2 in Japan. I'm so confused. Just wait. Then in 2012, because the novels continued to come out, there's a f- another film called Sadako 3D that came out in 2012, which is based on one of the novels and is largely a sequel to Rosin, the forgotten sequel that nobody gave a shit about that kind of went nowhere. And that movie also has a sequel. Called Sadako 3D2. Oh my god. Yeah, so you have Ringu, Ringu 2, Ringu 0, The Ring Virus, Rosin, The Ring, Rings, The Ring 2, uh, Sadako 3D, and Sadako 3D2. So there's like three or four different strands you could follow? Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of different ways you could go through this, but what we did was watch the two most popular, the two most well-known, at least here, Ringu, the original Nakata film, and The Ring, the Verbinski film. With Naomi Watts. With Naomi Watts. Okay, so yes, it's very complicated, and what's funny is to me is that, like, it's so complicated that I find that actually more interesting than the movies, and now I'm like, (laughs) if not for how confusing it was, I probably wouldn't be terribly interested in watching any of these other films, but now I'm kind of curious and want to see some more of them, despite, spoiler alert, not particularly liking either of the movies. They're both... In my opinion, I'll let you talk here in a second when we get into the plot, but in my overall view of both of these movies is that they're both bad movies for entirely different reasons. So, so let's start with Ringu. All right. Okay. Nicole, um, what's Ringu about? So, Ringu, I think most people know the story of the ring. Like, when it came, when it came out in America, it was pretty huge. It did go on to make quite a, a bundle of cash. So, And it launched the uh, American it, obsession it starts, with J-horror. And they, they, I would say they are pretty similarly followed, the Ring and Ringu. The main, the basic, yeah. Plot so is the basic plot yes. is that the these two girls are hanging out. It's how it starts, and they there's a rumor about this VHS tape that if you watch it, 
you'll die in seven days. Right. One of the girls has seen that movie and dies that night. It had been her seventh day from watching Mm -hmm. it. And then a reporter latches on to this story, follows it, follows it to the cabin where this girl had watched it. She watches it. Well, the reporter doesn't just latch on to the story. She's the aunt of the girl who dies. Not in the original. Yeah, she is. Okay. So I told you, it had already been almost too long since I'd seen it. Um, they didn't change that at all in the, no? in the remake, no. Okay. She's I still thought that the, was changed. The, the aunt of the girl who died. Her son was still close with the, the cousin. His cousin is the one who died. Okay. They made that more obvious in the Americanized that, well, they, version. The, the Americanized version is longer and goes into more detail in certain things. Yeah. So that is true. So the reporter latches onto it one way or the other. To try and figure out yeah. what happened to her. And she, she finds out that her niece saw it at this cabin. She goes to the cabin. She sees it. Finds the tape. Finds the tape. Yeah. And she's, now tries to unravel the mystery of the tape. Yeah. Within the seven days allotted to her before she's going to die. Right. She involves her old boyfriend who is also the father of her child. Who isn't actually, actually the father. Like, he doesn't act like the father. No, he's not involved in the kid's life. No. He's... And in the... Uh, except in the in the original, it was like more of an afterthought. It seemed like he was the kid's father. Anyway. The basic plot is... Yeah. Our hero uh, is going to unravel the mystery of this spooky tape and the what exactly it is that's killing people. It's a ghost. Spoiler alert. We're probably going to go to spoilers, but at this point, most of you have probably seen The Ring. I think it's safe to say it came out 12 years ago. And if you've seen The Ring, you've also seen Ringu, because they're, in their plot, they are basically the same. So I'm pretty sure early on in both movies, the main character, the girl, she makes a copy of the tape to show to her ex. Well, she give, The ex requests a copy of the tape so he can study it and look for whatever the hell. I guess he's an expert on tapes. Right. They never really go into great detail of why he's an expert on tapes or what exactly but his job is. But through, through following the story of the videotape leads them into um, the story of this, the young girl, this young girl Correct. who gets killed by her either which mother or father. Out, yeah, she was, she was killed and she had some kind of... They don't go into great detail about her backstory in the original either. Uh, suffice to say that this girl with... Possibly psychic, psychic powers, powers. Uh, was killed. But she had the ability to project images into people's minds. Yeah, psychic powers. Yeah, and they she gets killed in the original by the father. Do you in the original by the father in the in the remake by the mother? Yeah, they try to make. They think that's a good twist. In the yeah, remake. and then they the remake has like an obsession with trying to throw twists at you, and then they shove her down a well. Yeah, which is. Blah blah blah. You've seen the in one of the images on the tape is the is a well. Um, so one of the major differences between the original and the remake is the actual tape itself. Right. Uh, the the remake tape at when I first saw the remake tape, I thought I liked it better because it was spookier and it seemed more like abstract and like these weird surreal images. I did like the original tape. I liked how grainy and yeah. gritty it was because it was almost like you couldn't quite see what was going yeah. on. Well, what I liked about it, what made it spooky was that they don't explain every single image in it. And in the remake, every single image of the scary tape is explained. See, I actually like both of those for different reasons. I like yeah. that they the the first one for being spooky for spooky's sake and it's just unexplained creepiness, but then I also like the story of the sec of the remake how 
it is all connected and all those images lead them to figuring out what happened. I will agree that the remake is structured much more as like a mystery with Naomi Watts, who, by the way, is spectacular in the movie. She's yeah, so she good, good in this movie. And her ex is good, whoever played... All of the casting in the remake is really good. The boy was good? No, the boy was terrible. I thought he was good. The boy, it's not the boy's fault that he's terrible. They make the boy spooky for no reason. One of the changes in the remake is they make the son a more central character. They give him more screen time and they add a bunch of unnecessary stuff that is confusing and stupid. Like he's already kind of spooky. He's already drawing scary pictures. He's disturbed for some reason. He calls his mom Rachel. He's... they but And what, all those things I guess are fine but then they don't really do anything with him other than like they make him kind of spooky and say spooky things because it's supposed to scare teenage boys you know, and girls. I do, I do remember... Um, when we watched the original, it it had been years, probably since high school, that, that I'd seen The Ring with Naomi Watts in yeah, it. Yeah, we watched it in the theater. I've so only seen it once. When I saw the original, Ringu, I thought, oh, I don't like how they didn't make the boy a more central character because I remember him so fondly, yeah. not fondly, but I remember him it. in my memory from the first one. Yeah. And then I, they did make, they did bring him more into the the ring yeah. but they didn't do very much with him no i mean that's why they just i made question him whether or not he's good because he adds nothing and you have to be honest with me right now when we watched it almost every time he was on screen we laughed at him no only yes, the one he, time no we i we laughed more than that one time at him there was so many duck i was like why does he call her rachel okay. we're laughing and like laying out his like her clothes and stuff and just like all these extra weird little things and like when he's scribbling like this one thing they add for the remake is they have it's more of it's like this curse and like one of the clues is like bruises start showing up on Naomi Watts and things manifest on you before you die that are that match up with things that happen to the girl. So her bruises from whoever was abusing her, blah blah blah. Brooke Bender just stepped on a squeaky thing. Um so we're going to get into spoiler territory here because to explain why I think this movie does not work, I have to explain the ending of the movie. Okay? Where are you going? You can't just leave in the middle of a podcast. I'm alone in here, everybody. Welcome to The Joey Show. Today on The Joey Show, what are we talking about? I got concerned about Bender. Okay, so... Can we have uh, Anyway, the, the twist of the ring, it turns out, uh, is that um, the, you think, you're led to believe in both films, that when Naomi Watts solves the mystery and learns what happened to the little girl, that the little girl can now be at rest and that the curse is lifted. Right. And so then, the, the cool twist happens, it happens in both movies, which is, that's not the case, the girl is actually an evil ghost. She's a vengeful evil spirit. Who likes to hurt who people. Who wants to hurt people, and the only thing that lifts the curse is not finding her body at the bottom of the well and blah blah blah, it's making a copy of the tape and showing it to somebody else. So that her it misery a, yes, can spread. Forever. It is basically a spooky chain letter movie. Chain letter movie. <laughs> so, we learn that that's how you lift the curse. Now this is what breaks the remake. The original because, kills... Can I say? Yeah, yes. Because they both do the twist. Yeah. And in the original, nothing spooky can you imagine. Oh, this is the most unprofessional podcast in the world. It's Bender's fault. You know. It's our fault for letting him live. Oh. Um, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Can you see what I was saying? So... In the re- oh, in the I remember re- what I was saying. Good. That's great. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> so, um, but nothing, after she makes the copy of the tape, 
Nothing spooky continues to happen. Nothing spooky happens to her before that. No. There's no... Basically, the cool thing about the original is literally you watch this tape and seven days later you die. There's no spooky tension scenes with bruises appearing on her arm or like rope burns on her neck or sick or like visions that the little kid has of the girl sleeping in a barn because of reasons. A bunch of stuff which make which is so stupid. So things like to explain the ladder in the video, they show that she slept in a loft in a barn that is like 900 feet in the air with the longest ladder ever built by humans. <laughs> They don't make ladders that long. I'm sorry. That is like an, a 90-foot wooden stepladder. Stupid. Anyway. But in the, in the remake, they spend a lot of time with the mystery. So, my point is this. If the movie ends with her finding the body and breaking the curse, all the changes and additions they make work and the movie works. But they still have the twist... Where the curse isn't broken, and she kills the husband guy. Because, Which yeah. Which makes no sense. The, the curse should have been broken as soon as she made a copy and showed it to right. someone else. So why does she still have bruises on her arm I until know. the seven days? It doesn't make any it doesn't sense. Make it completely sense. breaks the movie. And then, as soon as that happens, all you can think of is all the stupid... There's a bunch of other things that don't really make sense, so it wouldn't have been a spectacular movie anyway. But it would have been like a decent modern scary movie aimed at frightening teenagers. Yeah. You know? It still was. It did well. It did well, but that doesn't mean it's good. No, but it did its part on teenagers. I guess. So my point at the beginning was they're both bad movies, but for different reasons. The Ringu is a bad movie because it is insanely boring. There is no tension. The acting is The acting is bad. The character development of our... The girl is horrible. She does nothing except for get rescued by her stupid husband who ends up getting killed. He does all the actual fucking mystery solving. It doesn't yeah. make it, it, it... It's just boring. And even though it's only 90 minutes, it feels longer than The Ring, which even, is almost two hours. There's like no character development even. No. So you don't even have any stake in watching it. Yeah, I'm just like, I hope they all die. They're Whereas all stupid. The, the Ring, the ring, the American had the Ring... Had really good characters, good acting, Henry and they were fully developed yeah. characters that had that... Went through changes as the movie progressed. But they couldn't help themselves. They had to overcomplicate it. So they added all this stuff. They spent a ton of time. And, like, the way she solves the mystery is kind of flaky in the remake. A lot of the clues she follows don't make any sense. Like, how she ends up on the island and the barn and the scene where Brian Cox, whom I love, kills himself in a bathtub because reasons. Like... That was all this, creepy. It was a well-shot scene, but it doesn't make any sense in the movie. It's like, no. okay, well, this is stupid. And also, okay, they go to see the doctor on the island. Remember, she's the only doctor on the island? Yes. Who says that she uh, referred the girl to like an, a mental hospital. Off the island. And she's like, why would you do that? Because things got better after that. Okay, so you're telling me that every single person on this island now knows full well that these people have presumably killed or at least gotten rid of their daughter... Yeah. And they all know that she was a spooky ghost girl who was making things go bad, and they're all fine with it. Yeah. That doesn't make... And for no apparent reason, the doctor has a retarded nephew whose no, job is to sit on a merry... Sorry. Has a special needs nephew who sits on a merry A nephew with special needs. Thank you. The child comes uh, yeah, first. You are correct. Thank you for that correction. Who sits on a merry-go-round and acts spooky. <laughs> Yeah. So there are a bunch of extra characters who are props in this movie. So you have on one hand an incredibly tedious, boring movie that isn't scary. You have on the other hand a incredibly stupid, poorly written, and broken narratively movie that's also not particularly scary that happens to have some good acting. I will say for both, I liked the shots in them. 
I liked how I liked the they were made. I liked the camera work in the first one better. I liked the camera. Flashy. The well, not 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 necessarily the camera work in the second one, but I loved the colors. Like mm, they did a, they purposely did a like a really good job of making it all cool colors, yeah. green in tones of green and blue. Yeah, I think that. Uh, Hideo Nakata is a good director, but perhaps not a good screenwriter, because I think he also wrote the... Oh, no, maybe he didn't. It was written by Hiroshi Takahashi, so it's his fault that this movie isn't very good. So I just like that that evoked the mood and of the of the yeah. movie. And I will say the scene where the girl at the end comes out of the TV and kills the ex um, was actually funny. done better in the original, oh, I totally. thought. In, in the remake, it's a bit... She you has. See, she's staticky. You see too much, almost. Yeah, and she has still like snowy static on her when she's out of the TV. Like she's still like a hologram. And you see her. Like it's election night on CNN. So you see her face, and her face looks like the little girl from The Exorcist. And I think we yeah. we had mentioned that the. Oh yeah, the remake. The remake. <laughs> the remake like takes just borrows things from other well-known scarier movie movies, like The Omen. The little boy has a haircut just like the little boy in The Omen, and the girl's face looks like the girl from The Exorcist. Where in the and the dead bodies look like zombies for yeah. reasons, I guess. Or burn victims. Or burn victims. Were like, why did the doctors think? Oh yeah, their heart stopped. Uh, it looks more like they were burned in fire to me, but yeah. I'm not a doctor. But then in the original, when the girl comes out of the TV, the way the the camera angle and the way it's shot is way creepier. Like her, you you see her fingers like aren't moving quite human. Like I just I thought that was. Way better, better. Than, oh yeah, better no. Done. Here's the thing: the I think that the remake is, better, is slightly more entertaining, and the original slightly is a better film for different reasons. But like, they're both bad. I like the. I think I like the original. No, I mean the remake better. I'd probably watch the remake bit, better again first. Be, be just because it. You do care about the characters more, so you yeah, have Naomi Watts in is it. very good in this movie. Um, but I, I'm really happy we finally watched the original. Yeah, me too. For years, I'd heard that it was way scarier and way better than the remake, and it's not. It's not very good. They're both boring. I remember the remake being way scarier than it was because seeing it now, and I don't know if it's just because I've seen so many horror movies now or if I'm older, it I could totally see the parts that were just being scary for scary's sake, and it made it not scary because of that, where I think I'm, I have a more appreciation for movies like The Conjuring, where... The, the tension is built up to a scary moment that has more meaning, mm-hmm. so that's more scary to me. It did win an MTV Teen Choice Award, so that's the real arbiter of Did they have after all. goo put on them after they won? Probably. So anyway, uh, if it came right down to it, if someone was to ask me, which one do you recommend? I would say, I recommend you watch something else, because neither one of them are particularly good or worth watching, but if you have to watch one, watch it for Naomi Watts. Well, watch it's the weird, because this is the first one where we were kind of like, they were almost equal. Yeah, one was slightly for better. For different reasons. But, yeah. And it's usually like, I like the remake and you like, like the, the original, original clearly yeah. black and white, but, but this, this case, one wasn't. they both sucked for different reasons. And both were a bit better for different reasons. Yeah, they have strengths and they have weaknesses, just like us. I'm more of a ha- glass half full kind of girl. Yeah, me, I'm just the opposite. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that was that. That was The Ring. So, in celebration of The Ring, which is a ghost movie, we have taken the liberty of preparing a top five ghost movies list, uh, a hastily thrown together ghost movies list, so I'm sure both of us have forgotten, like, 
a better top five. Yeah. But we just sort of threw this together. Uh, we have some honorable mentions. And Nicole, why don't you talk about your honorable mentions quickly first? Okay. Once I started writing my list, I came up with like 10 or 11 or 12 <laughs> movies. Right. So the ones that aren't your top five are okay. your honorable mentions. So um, my honorable mentions, like that I like to call Nicole Hart movies. I heart these movies. Um, I love all the paranormal activity movies. I don't care how dumb they are. I don't care that they, they don't are. make sense. Which they don't. In a story that try they try to follow a linear story that doesn't does make not. sense. I love those movies. They are scary as shit. Which they are and not. they're so fun. Which they're they just not. so fun to watch. I watched the first two and, and I hated them. I also heart the original Amityville Horror. Another bad movie. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan of that story. I'll watch any form it comes in. And they haven't made a good form of it yet. The Shh. closest they've come to doing that story well was uh, The, the Conjuring. And even that is so-so. Anyway. Um, yeah. Con- the Conjuring I heart. Okay. What Lies Beneath I heart. <laughs> what? Come on. You haven't seen that since you were 13 and it was dumb then. No, it was good. It's a mystery <laughs> ghost the movie. The only... Only thing I remember about that movie, other than finding it super boring, was the scene where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer goes, "I think she's beginning to suspect something." Who? And then she turns into a ghost and says, "Your wife." And Harrison Ford gets scared and falls in the bathtub, and it was in the trailer. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it, I, it I has... can see that being a really good short story if you read it in a book, but the movie is no. Boring. It it does suspense really well, and the scares. Parts are really freaky. I can't say for sure if that's true because I haven't seen it since I was a child. So, um, also the Grudge, the Grudge or Juan? The Grudge. I haven't seen Juan. They're almost the same, and they're directed by the same person, so they're kind of the same. That's why we didn't do that for this. I like the that it almost made a, in immediately. You see the ghost. Yeah, the Grudge is good. I like. The and grudge. you, it, it's still freaking scary. Usually, it builds yeah. up to the ghost, and then it's scary when you see it. I do like it. the Grudge. The Grudge too, not so much. You've never <laughs> no. seen the Grudge too. We went to in theaters. You've seen parts of it. You had your and eyes closed. I a lot. had my. Yeah. And I was laughing. <laughs> I couldn't it watch it. And at the movie. Okay. That's bizarre. Um, I also loved in- the Insidious one and two. I still haven't seen those. They're so I good. Bet you I like them. I like They're James really Bond. good. And I also love the Blair Witch Project. Uh, it's got witch in the title. I don't really know if that's a ghost movie. It is a ghost movie. It, you know, it's I saw not it on, really I saw about it on someone's witch. list too, and I was like, I don't really know if it's got ghosts in it, though, does it? Yeah, because they get killed by a ghost in the end. Is it a ghost, though? Yes. I just assumed it was like a supernatural witch of some kind. And, like. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm just saying I didn't. I considered it, but I didn't think it was really a ghost movie. I think it's a ghost movie. Well, fine. But I like that it's controversial. Yeah, controversial pick. Okay, here's my <laughs> honorable mentions, or Joey's heart movies. Joey's heart movies. I'm going to call them honorable mentions, because I'm not You're an idiot. You're professional. Uh, my first honorable mention You're is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. What? The movie begins, basically, with Bill and Ted getting killed by evil robot versions of themselves, and they're ghosts for almost the whole movie. They have to play a series of games against the Grim Reaper to try and get themselves back to life. It's a great movie. It's almost as good, if not better, than the original. And I heart it. And I didn't shit on your picks, so shut your mouth. You shit all over what lies beneath. Fuck off. Good point. That's a bad movie, though. Actually, I shit on most of your picks. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's an asshole. (laughs) Uh, Ghostbusters. Big fan. Oh, that's a good one. I crossed off Poltergeist because I thought you'd have it, but it's not actually all that great. But We will fight about this later. About whether or not Poltergeist is a ghost movie? Is a, oh, is a good Poltergeist? movie. Poltergeist? Oh, no, I said it, it's okay. It's not great. 
It's got good parts. Part of the guy's face falls off is good. We're gonna fight about this later. Well, why isn't? Oh, I see. It's probably in your top five. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I said Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, the Shining. That's only in your honorable mentions. Wait till you get to my top five. I tried not to be obvious, like you probably did. You are going uh, to A Tale of Two Sisters, somebody. which was one of the ones we did on the podcast. That's such one a good f- one. One of the few movies I've given a perfect ten to on this podcast. Good one. Uh, the Changeling, which is another podcast movie we did. I, I, for, I had already made my list before, but that, that's yeah. an honorable mention. Or a heart movie for me, too. A film called Ugetsu, which is a 1953 Japanese ghost film by Kenji Mitsuguchi that I saw at like a, a Japanese film revival series at the Calgary Cinematheque, which I really liked. Uh, and last but not least, Hamlet, specifically the version with Ken Branagh. Oh. Hamlet is a ghost movie. People always forget that Hamlet is a ghost story. Very I good. like your honorable mentions. Thank you. For your heart movies. Okay, my number five. Number five. Is The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense is, Which a, is, is a very respectable movie. Pick, it's not an but, but it's not a bad movie. It's you good. know, every time I watch it, it's still, I still feel tense and builds up suspension. and it, it, Suspension? It builds up suspense. There you go. <laughs> and, and it does a really good job of it. And it, yeah, it's a good film. It's still scary. Not I my think. favorite Shyamalan movie, but a good pick nonetheless. Even though I had it spoiled for me. Did you? Oh, yeah, yes. I remember that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I like that movie, too. I feel like... I think that movie... The first time you saw it, see, it's really great. The second time you see it, it's still pretty good. And then the third time, it's kind of boring. Because it doesn't have a ton of replayability, but... Too many... I've seen it, if, like, two or three times, and I still love it. It is pretty good, though. Um, I, I don't... One of my favorite parts that especially scared me when I was little was um, when he's in the little girl's room and she grabs his ankle from under the bed. That's a scene that stuck with me and made me afraid of things under my bed. Right. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. Is Beetlejuice a ghost? Yeah, and so was Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, the main characters of the movie. The whole point of Beetlejuice I've is... I've never about, seen Beetlejuice. The whole premise of the film is two ghosts living in their house after they die, and their house is being haunted by humans, basically. People give a lot of credit to the others, because that, that was a cool twist. Sorry if I spoiled that for you. But Beetlejuice is the same plot as the others, basically. Only the ghosts know they're ghosts. Is Winona Ryder in that movie? Uh, yes, she is. She plays Lydia. And then they get... Um, they eventually the ghosts get Beetlejuice to help them get rid of the people who are living in their house. It's a great movie. The best thing Tim Burton ever did. Nicole, what is your number four? The original The Haunting. Number four. Okay, The Haunting. Because Robert Wise's It was one of the first ghost haunted house films. Based on the Shirley Jackson novel. Can I finish the background? Go ahead. We talked about it on the show. We did it as a versus. I know. And it was one of the first movies that started to change my mind about old black and white movies because it was just so good and I was amazed by the effects in it and it was a really good movie. And Wait, you don't mean the Owen Wilson one? <laughs> Definitely don't mean the Owen Wilson <laughs> one. But I loved... That was the most like harmonious verses we ever did where yeah. we completely agreed. <laughs> my favorite part of The Haunting was the um, line where he says... There are no right angles in this house. Mm. And it just that kind of like blew my mind that how could a house be like that? And that I like added that extra, bulging. yeah, that extra out level of We were supposed fear. to say our favorite scene from each one. I have been. Yeah, but I didn't. Oh. Beetlejuice, my favorite scene is probably the ending part with the whole, when Beetlejuice goes, it's showtime, and then shows up in the house and wreaks havoc. I have not seen that movie. I can't believe you haven't seen Beetlejuice. 
What's your number four? My number four is one of the very few films I have ever seen that has the distinction of having scared the bejesus out of me. Ooh, what? The Orphanage, or <gasps> El Orfanato in Spanish. Uh, I forget the people who made it. Produced by Guillermo del Toro. It is a scary as shit. It's also got a really good story in the resolution. Sometimes when ghost movies have a resolution that explains things, they bum me out. But this one... Uh, it doesn't ruin the story. It does bum you out, but for a totally different reason. It also kind of lifts you up. A little bit, but it's also scary bit. and depressing. The ending is the ending is sad. Yeah. But uh, the obviously the scariest scene in the movie is when she's in the bed, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. <gasps> and Tomas is under the blanket, and it's just fucking scary. That movie. In fact, I've only seen it all the way through twice, and then the next time you guys were going to watch it, and I like said, I'll sit in the room with you guys, but I like did something on my iPod. With my headphones because I knew I couldn't sit through it again without pissing my pants because it is scary. Number three for me is The Orphanage. Same scene? Same scene. The scene, I'll explain in more detail because I like to go into detail. Okay. Is. You want me to be. She wakes up and she sees a light under her bathroom door and someone's in it, but she sees. She glances over her shoulder and sees the lump next to her and, and. it's her husband. She's saying, there's someone in the bathroom. There's someone in the bathroom. She turns to hit him, and it's nothing. Yeah. And she pulls back and the blanket, the bathroom, and, he, and her husband comes out of the bathroom. Yeah. That scene still... It's such a good scene. It still affects me to this day if you go to the bathroom in the night. That's why you should just do it right in the bed. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Plus, they save on heating bills. What's your number three? My number three is a little film that you saw with me before we ever started this podcast, but it's called House... It is a crazy, psychedelic Japanese oh, horror ghost movie. that's a heart movie for me. I always describe it as like, if Sam Raimi directed an episode of Scooby-Doo while on like crazy amounts of acid and a bunch of Japanese schoolgirls and cats ran into the middle of the movie. I love that movie. It's, it's so, so good. good. It is so good. Did One we not never best... do it for the podcast? No, we watched it before we ever came to oh, this podcast. One of the so best good. surreal horror films ever made. I love it. It is... And it's, like, my favorite kind of horror is, like, surreal horror. The stuff that's, like, borderline comedy, but is so over, like, so bizarre that there's it ends a, up becoming scary and unsettling for me. There was a lot a of lot. blood in that yeah. movie. Watching that movie, you can be like, this Sam Raimi learned a lot from this film. What's your favorite scene? The whole last, like, 15 minutes where everything goes crazy and the hands are playing the piano and the girls are screaming there's blood everywhere. And the room's filling up with blood. And, and they're, the on cat, like they're on, like, a board floating, floating, floating in the Floating in the cat blood. painting is going mental. And it's just <laughs> almost the whole movie, but that scene in particular just blows me away. I should watch that again. My number two? Yeah. The Shining. The Shining. I saw that movie really long when in junior high, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the scariest creepiest movies I'd ever seen. It was one of the first movies I'd ever really noticed the set designs and how how much of that added to that movie. Mm-hmm. And my favorite scene is the, the girls in the hallway when Danny comes around the corner and yeah. come play they with us, Danny. And then it cuts quickly from them, from them standing there to them in the hall covered in blood and blood all over being dead. It cuts back and forth. When I was that. first getting into horror movies, The Shining was my favorite horror movie for a long time. It was my favorite... Uh, haunted house movie for a very very long time um, it uh, it's pretty spectacular in since getting into like really hardcore into films and other horror movies as well I like it still a lot but maybe a bit less than I did uh, and because 
especially after having read the novel more recently, I see why Stephen King doesn't like the movie. But it doesn't mean it's not a spectacular movie. It's just not a very good adaptation of that novel. No, it isn't a good adaptation. Because Stanley Kubrick completely misses the point of the novel, but makes an incredible. How does he miss the point of the novel? Well, the problem. Okay, here's the thing. In in the novel, Jack Torrance's downfall is like very gradual and sad and scary, and like he's fighting against it the whole time. And that's one of the whole major points of the novel is this guy, like, it gets the better of him, but he tries not to. And ultimately, he's the one who saves his family. Yeah. In the movie, in the first scene before they ever go to Colorado, Jack Nicholson is already insane. He's already an evil sociopath. Like, there's never a moment in that movie where you don't think he's going to murder everybody from the first <laughs> scene. So there's no gradual, like, there's no pathos, yeah. there's no character arc. He's already a homicidal maniac before they ever get to Colorado. And so... In the end, and also they completely in the movie annihilate the character of the wife. I forget her name. They do that. That actress was it's not just rubbish. the actress. She gets nothing to do in the movie. All she gets to do is scream. All of her scenes, all of her moments, all of her like worries of Jack, and like you get a you get none of Jack feeling like he's losing control and slowly going mad and fighting against it and giving into like his substance abuse issues. But you also get none of her trying to deal with those same things and protect her son. She just screams. So it's a very scary, tense, atmospheric, and spectacularly well-acted, except for Shelley Long movie, but it's a bad adaptation of that story. I agree. But it looks spectacular, and Stanley Kubrick is amazing. And Jack Nicholson yeah. is amazing. And until I saw more Stanley Kubrick films, that also kind of reduced it a bit for me, because he made way better films and did better jobs than other films. Like but which ones? Like, a lot of them. Like, most of them. Like you think? 2000, oh, yeah. The Shining isn't even in my top five Kubrick's. Uh, Not even close. All right, what's but it's your great. number two? My number two is Guillermo del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. Which I've not you seen always that say that. We watched it in my parents' basement when we were 14. God damn it. We did not watch this. Nicole, movie. I, I'm sure you don't remember it, but I remember distinctly watching it with you. Really? Yes. We may have watched most of it and then made out, and I watched it again later, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. I know we, we did watch you know, it together. If we though. made out, I don't remember it. Because I was such a good kisser. <laughs> Or because, like, oh, you know what it was? The roofies. Joey, oh my god, that's not something you should joke about. Take one of these again. You should not joke about that. You're probably right. What's your favorite scene? I don't even, honestly, I don't know. I can't pick one. Then, I'm sorry, it's a bad, it's just, it, the whole thing is scary. It's one of the only other movies that has ever scared me. It's terrifying. There's a scene in, like, a pool towards the end that's very scary. That's all I'm going to say. I maybe vaguely remember the beginning of this yeah, And it's movie. in Spanish. That's why I don't remember. Oh, Joey used to always make me read movies. Can I tell the story of the time I tricked you into seeing a subtitled movie that you actually brought upon yourself before we get to our number ones? So I wanted to go see uh, a Pedro Almodovar film called Volver, which is a a a funny, light, melodramatic, but ultimately like comic comedic Spanish soap opera. And I didn't want to see it because you had to read it. It had subtitles. I don't want to see it. I have to read because I'm stupid. Shut up! Not stupid. uh, I was like, oh, but it's light. It'll be fun. She's like, no. What's that other one you want to see? What was that war movie you wanted to see? And I was like, you want to go see that one? She's like, yeah, I'll see that one with you. And that movie was called Letters from Iwo Jima, which, if you have seen, you will know is entirely in Japanese. So we went to the theater, and as the lights were going down, I said to Nicole, this movie's in Japanese. <laughs> and her eyes got big and angry, and <laughs> she hit, started punching me, and I laughed like a naked teenager in a field of pussy willows. It was very mean of you to do that but to me. But how good was that movie? 
You really loved good. it. You loved that movie. And now you have watched a lot of foreign films with me and you never complain. In fact, you don't even complain when I have the subtitles on for American films because I'm an old person and I cannot hear. I feel bad for your deafness. Thank you. We were watching BoJack Horseman with the subtitles on earlier tonight because I can't hear it. Nicole, your number one film is obviously Poltergeist. But My number stupid. one film is Poltergeist. Come on, Do baby. not say it's stupid. No, it's not, a stu- it's not stupid. I can't believe it's your number one. It's my number one because it is freaking terrifying. No, it's not. Yes, it is. We need to watch it again. When I, I this isn't your list. Yes, this when you saw your it when list. you were six, this is my I agree. list. It was scary. This is my list, okay. and I get to do how I want with it. And I'm going by. I get by, to do how I want with it. Well said. I went. I went by nostalgia, <laughs> and Poltergeist is my number one because I like when I saw it in grade six, I had my own room in the basement. Yeah, you shouldn't have seen it in grade after six. After I saw it. I moved back in upstairs with my sister. Yeah, no, eight or nine is definitely so, too young to see Poltergeist. So scary! I never. Why did your dad let you watch that? Because my auntie Stacy told him it was okay for me to watch it. My auntie Stacy was and is a moron. <laughs> for that reason, and only that reason, she's not a good judge of appropriateness of film for a young child. And my parents made me close my eyes at the scene where the guy's face fell off. The best part of the movie. <laughs> No, so my favorite part of the movie is when they get high and are bad parents. <laughs> no. Remember we watched it in high school and I was like, who is taking care of their children while they're sitting in their room smoking a J? My favorite part of the movie, the part that probably scared me the most when I first saw it, was the clown at the end of the boy's bed. And he always would throw a blanket mm-hmm. over it every night. And this night he misses, so he just tries to ignore it. And then he looks back and the clown is gone. He looks under one so side of the bed. It's yeah. not there. He rolls looks over, like, yeah. looks under the other side of the bed. It's not there. And when he sits back up, it's right yeah. beside him. That film was directed by someone who'd go on, who, prior to that, made one of your favorite films, Toby Hooper. Directed, oh. director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did he really? He directed Christ. I didn't know that. Well, you did, but that I makes know it again. That makes me love him even more. Cool. Well, Nicole, my number one uh, was, before Probably I even started making the list, stupid. was incredibly easy. It is, by a wide margin, the greatest ghost film ever made. The greatest haunted house movie by ever made. By your standards. By the standards of all smart, intelligent, capable people. It is Robert Wise's The Haunting. Mine's best number four based for me. on the Shirley Jackson novel, The Haunting of Hill House. Every other haunted house movie since this has just been trying to ape The Haunting because it is perfect. Every The, the Shining... Basically, a remake of The Haunting will be not as good. Every other horror, every haunted house movie since this has just been a variation on The Haunting. It is perfect. Mm-hmm. Stephen King, remember that one we watched, Rose Red? Even though Stephen King even saying, This is my attempt to redo The Haunting. Yeah. And for some reason, it takes him like four hours to do that, but I liked Rose Red too, actually. It was pretty we good. We watched that all in one night. We did. It's long, it's a miniseries, but it's good. But The Haunting tops everything. The acting is perfect, everything about it is great. Uh, David Cross's father-in-law is in it. Um, it's just a fantastic movie, and uh, it'll never be topped. What's your favorite part? The doors bulging. Oh, you're the scene said when they're in there and the doors start bulging is just so good. You know, I was thinking this is probably the first podcast in a really long time where you pushed my buttons instead of the other way around. So, how do you, feel? How do you like it? I'm, I'm not happy. No, no. You can always, unlike me, you can go drown your sorrow <laughs> in the liquor. <laughs> you can. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, well, uh, unless I'm murdered before next week, 
I get to pick the next film. Oh well, yeah, what do you pick? I picked a movie that's literally a... Uh, it's, more, it's less a horror film, more of a... Joey just made tense eyes at me. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Vanishing, uh, which originally was called Spurlus, which is Dutch for traceless. Uh, it is a Dutch-French film adaptation of the novel The Golden Egg by Tim Crabbe uh, from 1988, directed by George Sleezer. Sleezer, huh? Is he sleazy? Anyway, uh, He's was, a sleazy man. Really, it was remade in English in 1993, but that version wasn't well-received, and I think the remake actually has Jeff Bridges in it. Not, you right? love him. I do love him, but I've been wanting to see this for a long time, and... Uh, Criterion just put out a Fancy Pants new Blu-ray, which I picked up. So this is basically another excuse for me to watch one of the movies that I bought. Like I said, I've been looking forward to see this for quite a while. And uh, join us, won't you? Why did you say like an old man? Uh, because I can't hear without the subtitles. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, until next week, or next time, rather. i got to start to say next time. I am the creature, Joey G. And I'm the bride, Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. How How ghost. could this woman ever decide to wed this man?